Welcome to the Business Mama podcast, where we chat about creating a business that supports and flows with your family and with your life, not the other way around. Hi, I'm your host, Annalise Warren. I'm a marketing agency owner and a mother of three little ones. I'll be bringing you conversations with successful women in business, as well as practical marketing strategies and tips that you can action right away. So let's get into it. In this episode, I interviewed Oksana Katojewske. I hope I got that right. Oksana is the owner and builder at Your Favorite Homes. Oksana has an incredible story of reskilling and working in a male-dominated field as a home builder. We talk about what this has been like. We talk about the realities of juggling motherhood with study and also with a business that has a lot of high value moving parts and is time sensitive and demanding of your time. Oksana is incredibly honest and passionate and very strategic about this delicate balancing act. So now let's hear from Oksana. Please enjoy. All right, welcome to the podcast, Oksana. Good afternoon to everyone. My name is Oksana Katorzewskaya. I am uh, 44 and I'm the mother of two sons who are 10 and 14. I live in Melbourne suburb and have built the house that we live in. I'm a registered building practitioner and the owner of Your Favourite Homes. Wonderful. So how about we get started and you tell us a little bit about why and how you started your business? Well, it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what we're here for. We're here to hear your story. Basically, I arrived to Melbourne uh, from Moscow, uh, Russia, in um, 2002 as a fiancé, and my first marriage only lasted three months. At the start, I was faced with visa problems and heading back to Russia. As fate would have it, I met my current partner and uh, stayed ever since. So my pathway to becoming a builder began by a simple invitation. Basically, I was working full-time in telecommunications and I was invited to a property seminar. There, they gave me a book on how to make money on properties. And the book was uh, so insightful and so convincing that I decided to purchase our first investment property in 2006. So it was four years since I had migrated to Australia when we purchased that property and basically what we did, we subdivided it and we decided to build a small single-story unit at the back. Again, I had no clue where to start or who to go to for advice. So I started asking around and thankfully found an architect who managed the whole project and uh, guided us through the process. My first son was born and I was coordinating the working drawings whilst being overseas, staying at my parents' home when he was born for a few months. And upon my return, we obtained all the permits, found the builder, started the project. I was enjoying the process because it was a lot of fun. I was still working full-time in telco industry. At the end of that project, the builder who I engaged, uh, basically he said to me, Oksana, you don't need me anymore. Go and get your license. That's how it all started. What? (laughs) (laughs) So, and at first I thought exactly the same. I thought it was a crazy idea. 
I had no construction experience. I had no technical background whatsoever because I'm a linguist and an interpreter, translator by profession. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense because I thought extra skills, knowledge would help me to secure my future. I embarked on my professional building career whilst working full time. At that stage, I was a mother of two boys. That's how I basically enrolled into a Master Builder's Certificate for in Building and Construction. I was challenged with grueling schedule, you know, studying because it was Thursday, Friday night, and then Saturday full day. Two kids under five. I even had to get my sister to fly from Moscow as a tourist, and uh, she stayed with us for six months looking after the kids and my household while I was busy at work and at my studies. Goodness me. I know. <laughs> the things we do. Goodness, wow, that's a good story. Well, well done. You did it. I did it, yes. Once you got your certificate for, then mm -hmm. what was the process from there? Well, basically, I was in the process of doing certificate four, and um, as I said, it was quite challenging. I recall one instance, we had a test on structural, and I was really struggling. I was ready to throw in the towel, basically. I thought to myself, what the hell am I doing here? Just let me out. I you know, was at the very bottom of despair and walked back to the classroom sobbing with a deep breath and I decided to have some lunch and uh, swallowing back my tears, I basically forced myself to go back to the class and finish the test. I was the only female doing that certificate form at that stage and the boys who were in my class, they encouraged and helped me and somehow I passed. So by then, I also started a second building project in Bentley and that is the house that we are living in at the moment because we needed to move closer to the schools and uh, we decided on a duplex development, basically one house for us, one to sell in a better area, in a school zone that we needed. So that was a great option. We used the same builder that I used in the first instance, but this time I was on site on a daily basis before work. My day looked like I was dropping the kids off at childcare, uh, arriving on site early, which was necessary for me to gain some practical industry knowledge. Off to my full-time job, my partner and I was working full-time, but the project was financially ambitious. So we were struggling money-wise. And there was an instance when we had literally zero dollars in our bank account. So, and then I would pick up the kids from childcare. My partner also had to start doing night bar shifts to make uh, also the GC returns that we were claiming every quarter. Those came as a, a miracle at one stage because you can get some money back uh, through the GST. That was pretty challenging. So once I finished my certificate four, it was the time when the workplace no longer was the place that I wanted to be because there was no longer flexibility that I used to have and no freedom to time trade my full-time hours because I used to start early and then I could leave early to be able to pick up the kids. So this and more convinced me that it was high time to get my builder's license. I had to finalize my application and I went to sit the test and do the interview with the Victorian Building Authority and uh, I sailed. <laughs> My first attempt was a failure. But at the same time, I wasn't completely disheartened because the VBA uh, person who interviewed me, he said, you are 90% there, so go away, build more, show us a bit more experience and then come back. And that's how basically I was uh, at the stage where I quit the job, the full-time job, and I bought a block of land in Juin, which is 80 kilometers from the 
city and I started this project as an owner builder. Again, we went through that project and I was uh, basically traveling to country Victoria on a daily basis because the land was cheaper there and we were able to quickly do that project but at the same time I've learned my lesson with the construction costs because the construction costs were much much higher than in uh, Melbourne metro area. Anyway we finished that project, sold it for the sake of getting my license. <laughs> I showed more experience to the VBA and I went back, received my test and endure another interview with VBA and second attempt was lucky. Finally got my license as a builder. Not lucky, my dear. I think well-deserved after all of that. <laughs> well, it was hard work. It was hard work. <laughs> uh, I have heard, I think endured is the right word because, yes, I, I've definitely heard that it's a nightmare. I've seen the documentation. So well done. Thank you. So then you had your builder's license and mm-hmm. how did you start your business? Because before then it was basically like speculative development, so for yourself. Mm -hmm. How did you build a business out of that? I was hesitant at the start because building for yourself is one thing, but but then building for other people is totally different game. It took me a while to actually get my very first client. It was a big project. It was over 1 million projects. It was an apartment complex, basically four apartments, and it was class two built. When the client approached me, we only had the planning permits, but then we had to go through all the paperwork, organizing the working drawings, engineering, all the other documentation uh, that was required for that class two build, which took us seven, eight months before I actually was able to step in as a, as a builder to start working on site. So that was my very first project that I've done and I totally, totally enjoyed it and I hope it was a great and smooth journey for the client as well. He was a male businessman and he just basically handed over the folder to me saying, just do it. (laughs) And I hope I justified his expectations and uh, delivered what he was after because it was an investment project for him. I believe he made some good money there. And I also satisfied my ambitions as a female, as a designer, uh, so to speak, even though I'm not, but I had full freedom to choose the finishes, the colors. It was really a good project to start with. It went well. It went within, you know, well within the budget, within the time schedule. And yeah, after that, um, I sort of started picking more and more projects. Um, Again, they were not of the same scale. They were slightly smaller. And then I uh, also had some experience helping other builders to project manage their sites. And I'm at the stage now where I've got one project happening and then another one. uh, We're basically at the fixing stage at the moment and uh, another project's lined up to to start in the next couple of weeks, three double-story units in uh, Spotswood. Wow. How Mm. satisfying to dig your teeth into such a great project at the start. It is very satisfying because you feel like, you know, you're leaving a footprint and you feel like that particular home is there just because of you, because you built it, you made it, you chose, you know, finishes, colors. It's really, really uh, rewarding at the end of the day. I, I mean, it can be stressful, it can be risky, but at the end of the day, once you finish, once you hand, uh, hand over and hopefully you don't hear from the owners for the next 10 years, whatever years, <laughs> because you know that there's no not too many any defects to come back to fix or too many troubles to go and uh, attend to that's really really satisfying and rewarding that's true yeah great so how do you get your clients now 
Good question. Uh, again, if you were to ask me this question probably even half a year, I would say that I was struggling um, because it's very, very difficult to convince people that you would be able to good, now to do a good job or at least not as bad job as any other male builder will do. Mm. But now I feel a bit more confident with marketing myself and basically uh, converting the leads into the into the contracts into the into the clients because I had a bit more experience at doing so and I think I'm at the point where I started sort of choosing whether I feel confident to go to proceed with that client or maybe it will be too much of a trouble or too much of a problem. Yeah, so I advertise myself online. I've got a website. I've started advertising on Master Builders website, I started advertising on high pages, word of mouth. For the last few months, I've been heavily participating in networking events, going to places where a lot of architects are getting together or uh, architects, engineers, consultants, trade night again. So the more you talk to people, the more you spread uh, a word around about yourself being in the industry as a female everyone still you, you still get the same reaction oh wow you know but um <laughs> to tell you the truth uh, there, there's a few females in the industry by now so yeah we're getting there mm. do you find that that was a big hurdle for you to overcome definitely 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 as i said it's still it's still very hard uh to basically get to the point where now uh, the client is signing the contract with you because quite often people do not realize how much is involved they might you know be ready they they think that they might be ready to start a project within the next month or two but then once you start getting to all the authorities councils building surveyors it might be you know lengthy and problematic to get the consent or to get the permits to start the project and that's where you can basically ruin it because the client might think that you're not capable enough or you're not good enough to get it through to the building permits. It's not just advertising but it's also making sure that you basically win the tender because quite often and it's got it's common knowledge in our industry builders tend to give you a lower price than the actual uh, realistic price going to be just to get the project signed and then they basically just get to the point where they need to be money-wise through the variations and that's not a secret. While I'm from the very start trying to be as open and as honest uh, with the client and as realistic mm. uh, as it needed and very difficult when, the, for example, compares your price uh, for the project and compares uh, the price uh, from another builder and the other builders is a couple of thousand less, a couple of ten thousand less and then you need to sit down and work out and make sure that you are comparing apples with apples, what's included, what sort of finishing what sort of quality because all the clients you're seeing is for example double glazed windows but again you can get the windows for I don't know ten thousand dollars you can get the windows for fifty thousand dollars that's where it's very hard to educate the client and to explain to them what is what yeah and yeah. how much it will cost it is tricky when you're dealing with people that are trying to work around the rules. So my husband and I have a digital marketing agency and we work with home builders. Mm -hmm. That's all home builders and trades. And so quite a few of our clients are in a similar position to you in that they go in being very realistic, very transparent about the cost. And then often we'll see that that real variation in costing that they get from somebody else. And it does mm -hmm. take then that conversation exactly as you were saying to say, okay, well, let's sit down and look at exactly what you're looking at here because 
this is unrealistic and you're going to come back to me in six months and say, oh my gosh, I wish I went with you. So it's interesting how different businesses play the game differently. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But again, uh, as I said, um, some clients are more understanding than the others. But if you deal with a client who had no experience with construction industry, they've never built before, they didn't see how their friends or family maybe went through the, um, the process, they've got no clue, no idea. It is very, very hard work to convince, to educate, to explain and basically to uh, to tell them that you are as good as any other male builder to do this, to undertake this particular project. In fact, you will probably do a better job because being a female, being a mom, I am sort of being very practical in what whatever finishes I choose or the, the quality of things that I choose for my project so that it will be less maintenance for people later on or it will be easy to clean those things um, that you take into account as a female, as, as a mum. The other thing that I'm very particular about is livable housing design principles in our homes that I prefer to implement wherever I can um, just to make the home warm enough or cold enough or airy, spacious, uh, easy to maintain and easy to look after later on once, once it's handed over. Mm. And a nicer space to be in as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So people will appreciate it and enjoy it because most of the time when people are looking for uh, properties, they get in. First of all, they don't see things because they, they've never been to a project. They didn't see what's behind the walls, what's hidden behind things. So they don't see those things and they won't know what the place is like until they actually move into it. They won't know how noisy it will be, how cold it will be or uh, vice versa until they actually move in. And then they uh, move in and they say, oh my gosh, it's so noisy, it's this, it's that. But they've already settled, they've already paid the money and uh, they, they, they get what they get. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard to tell off the plans what something's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I know even with our house, because we're owner building and now mm-hmm. we're framing the, the ground floor at the moment and it's so mm-hmm. different, like being in the rooms going, ah, oh, that's what, you know, we're getting, finally getting an idea of what the rooms are going to look like. And you would, absolutely, know, absolutely. You would know that you'd be that step ahead, you know, having done this so many times and, and being mm-hmm. aware, you would know a lot more than what the clients do mm-hmm. or you know, people like me who were just looking at plans going, oh yeah, that looks great. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I, I um, sort of encourage my clients, even with this build that I'm doing at the moment in Cheltenham, I encourage them to come on site. Once we get to the frame stage, I invite them to come and, and, and see things and feel things. We had to basically remove a couple of walls because the space between the shower in this case and, and the laundry was so tight. And even though we had lots of doors and walls in that particular space, it was so tight that I suggested to the client, let's just remove this wall. Let's make it open space because it will work much, much better. You don't want to make it too boxy so that it feels uncomfortable you have basically to open one door and sneak through because there's no not much room yeah that's great that you work with your clients like that okay so let's talk a bit about being a mom and a Mm -hmm. business owner how do you balance the two well It's not easy and quite often it can be challenging. It's very stressful, trust me. My kids are a little bit older now, which makes it a little bit easier because they are capable to get to school and to get from school by themselves. While at some stage a couple of years ago when I was doing that class two build, uh, I literally had to go on site to be there at seven o'clock, give the instructions, whatever directions to my trades, um, do inductions, uh, set them up 
drive back home, pick up the kids, drop them off at school and go back on site. So it was a hassle at some stage. But now we are 10 and 14, uh, which makes things a little bit more independent. My older son can cook for both of them. So again, um, that sort of frees me up in uh, the afternoon because basically early mornings, afternoons um, is the critical um, time window to be on site. Most of the trades are done by 3, 4 p.m. It just depends on the systems that you work out around the place. I've got a double-story house um, that I need to look after and clean. And originally, when we just moved in, I was cleaning the whole house in one go. Nowadays, I'm just cleaning one floor at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, longer longer hours, I guess. Once uh, we sort out all the homework at night and the kids are off to bed, you just go back to the office behind your computer because you need to do your paperwork, you need to do your accounting and then you have to get up at 5 5 30 the next morning Goodness. so basically you just um yeah you just sacrifice a little bit on your sleep yeah as i said it's not particularly problematic at this stage because the kids are a little bit older and um basically they can do things themselves and that's why um being in um in this area where we are at at the moment which is southeastern suburbs of melbourne um helps because the schools are closer all their activities are sort of within the um bicycle distance so to speak mm-hmm. so that they can if worse comes worse if, if i if i if i cannot uh, give them a lift they can at least get on their bikes and uh, get to their tennis lessons and um uh, you know cycle back home um and so forth yeah sounds like you are raising very independent children <laughs> Well, I hope so because um, I think nowadays um, we are babysitting them too much. Like I remember myself when I was, you know, um, uh, again, I grew up in Russia and uh, when I um, was um, going to school um, at the age of seven, I started six, seven. That's that's um, the time when we start school back there. I was doing it myself and I was doing sports professionally, uh, which um, again made me travel through the whole town and change at least two, three types of transport, like mm-hmm. Tram. I had to travel on a trolley bus and or a bus just through the city to get to my um, gymnastics place um, to do gymnastics. Um, so yeah, I guess nowadays we are babysitting kids too much, and um, I prefer them to go through this um, stage trying to sort things out on their own because that will prepare them for the future and that will make them grow up and be ready for their adult yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Well, well done teaching. You know, having a child at fourteen that cooks is mm. is a great and it's a it's a great skill have you got kids yourself yeah i do I've, we've got three little ones so mine are oh. a little younger six four and one. Oh wow a handful yes <laughs> yeah they're they're cute <laughs> and that, that's why i love what, what we do because i work from home or clients offices or we've got a workspace that we have as well but it's just so mm-hmm. flexible and to have that flexibility like this morning i spent an hour in my in my daughter's classroom because Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah it works really well for mm. us isn't, yes isn't that great with all this uh, technology we've got this uh, ability to work remotely um, yeah do yeah. all this podcast and all these webinars and all these sessions remotely no matter yes. what location you are you can be overseas 
I know. <laughs> so you and I are probably now really about amazing. two hours apart. It would probably take uh-huh. me nearly, nearly two hours to drive. So we're on the surf coast, but yeah, it's great. We can have this conversation. So thank you, technology. So what about time for you? Do you slot time in to do something you like doing or have time with your partner or how do you work that in? Absolutely, because that is critical. And I see the way that if I don't look after myself, it's, it's basically the same as uh, you do your uh, maintenance for your car, right? You do your car service on a regular basis. Otherwise, uh, you might um, start, you know, uh, having issues with your car. So the same uh, with your body and um, yourself, your mind. Basically, you, you, you do need to look after yourself. You do need to distract yourself from the daily stress so to speak um, so and my stress relief is in uh, fitness um, so again about five years ago I um, saw an ad in the newspaper uh, which was uh, offering a free week of um, fitness sessions uh, through step into life uh, which is a um, an outdoors uh, fitness um, and I basically tried it and uh, since then I fell in love with it because you train outdoors um, and again it's much much nicer when it's warmer and summery it might not be as nice when it's winter when it's windy when it's raining but we still we still train um, outdoors but um, this is a great way of toughen up your immune system and this is a great way for me to relieve my um, stress Um, and I uh, I also like it because if um, sometimes I can make it, I can still make it in the morning. So basically the first class starts at 6 a.m. and then finishes at 7 and then I can continue. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then by 7 a.m. you already done your fitness, you already pumped up, you energized and you feel like you're ready to go. So it's a really, really good way for me to relieve my stress and uh, look after myself. Um, Through Step Into Life, I um, started running. I've never ran in my life uh, before. (laughs) And um, yes, I've got this uh, um, fabulous uh, trainer. Her name is uh, Donna Douglas and uh, she's just um, coaching here in uh, Cheltenham. I, I started five years ago and then seven, eight months later, since I started, I ran my first half marathon. Wow. So it was just, it was just, yes, a life changer for me. As I said, it, it sort of toughens you up and, and um, just makes you stronger. You just uh, feel like you are achieving and uh, you can conquer the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, definitely. Um, make sure you do find um, time for yourself. Um, you look after yourself. I um, try to make it, you know, like now I'm getting older, so I, I do need to go to my hairdresser to cover up my uh, gray hair a lot more often. But, um, yeah, at least once once a month, um, do your hair, do your nails. Um, but fitness at least three, uh, two, three times a week, yes. Yeah, great. I think we all we all do need it. And I think in the busy schedule of life with business and kids, it's easy to put ourselves last. But you were so right with that maintenance side. If we're not filling up our own cup, then we don't have anything else. We're, mm-hmm. we're empty. We, we can't pour that out. So I, I'm totally mm-hmm. with you. And I'm totally with you on the fitness game too. So. <laughs> great. But you're making right. me feel guilty. Yeah, it's so it's 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 so easy to burn yourself, and then um, like you won't be able to um, to to last. You won't be able yeah. to proceed. Um, so it is very critical, very mm. critical. So mums out there or girls out there, please make sure. Um, uh, wives out there, please make sure that you do find a little bit of time for yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Can you talk a little bit about? 
the best things of running your own business and maybe if you want to talk about that being in the building industry or just business in general and what mm-hmm. the, the biggest challenges of that are? Well, the best thing is probably the freedom and independence uh, because you are basically um, a, a boss to yourself. Um, the uh, challenges uh, would probably be you, you do need to be self-disciplined. Um, so if you're not self-disciplined, forget about it because it is a hard work. Um, you need to sacrifice on things. Uh, you need to be able to, to do things after normal working hours. You need to do things uh, over the weekend. Um, so uh, all those sacrifices. But as I said, for, for, uh, like to, for, for me, it works the best because I I'd rather be under stress, uh, under um, pressure, because I know that I can I can deliver, I can achieve, uh, rather than just going to work uh, work for someone else uh, from eight till five. Uh, quite often, you know, if if you I would hate a situation when you come to work and there's nothing much uh, for you to do, then people start going for uh, smoke breaks or uh, coffee breaks or whatever. So if if I'm in that position, I start stressing because I feel like life passing by and I do nothing or I'm wasting my time. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's just me uh, being too, um, too crazy on that subject, but... Um, uh, as I said, it gives you independence. It gives you freedom, uh, time-wise, kids-wise. It, I think it works. Uh, it works well if you have got that flexibility. Yes, I, I, I do probably spend a lot more hours um, on my business than I would be if I were to um, to work on a full-time basis for someone else. But at the same time. Um, I can sort out the kids, I can put them to bed and then just go and, um, you know, um, do whatever I need to do afterwards. It's on yes. your timeline. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, independence and uh, freedom. But you, you do need to be to be self-disciplined and um, you need to um, sort of uh, be brave enough um, to be risky enough uh, to make sure that um, you run a um, successful business. You weigh all the pros and cons and um, then just make the right decisions. Or even if you do make bad decisions, uh, you still need to, you know, uh, to rectify things and just, just uh, keep on going. Yeah, it definitely is that keep on going part. That <laughs> one foot in front of the other, even when you don't want to, like you dragged yourself back into that classroom. For sure. Or once, uh, when, when you, when you uh, run uh, marathons, I, I, I can only uh, share my experience with running half marathons, but again, you might have an injury, you might not feel well, but you still, um, you know, need to go over that uh, sort of 10Ks um, uh, hurdle when you get your second breath opening and then you just uh, okay after that. You still need to get uh, yourself over that finish line no matter how uh, how hard it can be or how painful it can be. Yeah, yeah. my max is I think 12Ks, so well done. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> never say never. No, no. As I said, I've never, before I started um, Step Into Life, I never ran in my life. I was running uh, basically uh, at school when I was a, a schoolgirl, but yeah. shorter distances. I preferred shorter distances. Now now it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I started yeah. running a few years ago and I did a few mm-hmm. fun runs and longer ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I had my daughter who's now, she'll be two later this year. And since mm-hmm. then, I just didn't get into it again. I had a, I did for maybe a couple of months, like around a bit. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I, now 
Yeah, and I got out of it. So mm. maybe, I don't know, maybe summer when it's nicer <laughs> outside and longer well, days, yes. I might get it's back actually, into it. It's, it's good if you have a, a, a ride set up. You've got some friends doing it or some, uh, mm. like your trainer doing it. Uh, You've you got a good company and um, basically you just um, have um, have people around you who inspire you to, to achieve do or it. do the same. So mm. it's very, very critical. But on the, the money uh, subject... <laughs> on the running subject I didn't realize it until I, I actually got into it and I started taking my kids into those fundraisers and uh, fund runs uh, and they started running and um, you know some, sometimes you run uh, with them um, if it's like a shorter run and uh, people just passing by and commenting how great it is and uh, what a great example you serve to your kids um, so yeah yeah, that's awesome. so true. Maybe my six-year-old is nearly ready for a bit of a run. Well, start, start with shorter distances because they've got, we've got, uh, again, here in Melbourne, we've got Kids Run uh, where they start, I think, with um, 2Ks, 3Ks, but it's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, um, it's basically pumping up the atmosphere. It's, it's, it's great. And uh, once you try it once, then you sort of uh, feel like going back and do it, do it um, you know, the next year and the next year and so forth. And once they start collecting the medals, <laughs> oh my goodness they can take yeah, you there okay. for show and tell to school that's when we get excited even more <laughs> you know True. oh mom we're just going to be a, a medal there <laughs> they, Perfect, they, they seem to do, it, to, to do it for the medal if there's no medal they're not interested <laughs> okay thank you for the tips thank you <laughs> mm. <laughs> well again i can only speak for myself because i've got two boys and they're very very competitive <laughs> Yeah, I think we're about to step into that whole realm. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Good luck. Thank you. Okay, so just before we wrap up, have you got any advice for other mums that are dreaming about starting their own business? Be brave be bold, uh, go for it and try. And when you fail or almost fail, get up and um, keep on going. And um, the other um, uh, critical aspect, uh, make sure that you empower yourself with knowledge. Get great support network around you and um, just um, take action. Uh, the knowledge nowadays is very, very critical. So even though I've got my uh, license as a builder nowadays, I still keep going back to master builders, to those industry events, seminars on a regular basis, basically, almost every two or three months I do some sort of a course or a webinar or a seminar where you refresh uh, your industry knowledge or you might get the knowledge on new products new materials on the market and so you keep up um, yourself with new materials new new technologies um, out there because you know uh, you only know what you you know or what you've seen what you've experienced um, but you you might learn something else or you might learn how to do things better um, you know more efficient and um, and so forth so yes uh, be brave be bold and go for it uh, and um, like in my case I would probably say I'm the accidental builder because uh, if it wasn't for my uh, first builder who had enough faith and belief in me and who suggested for me to go and get my license who knows where I would have been today so mm. yeah we all need that cheerleader don't we 
We do, we do, we do. I still, I still um, liaise with him uh, on a regular basis, and I call him my mentor. Um, so whenever I had, um, I have, you know, weak moments, you know, when I'm fed up with things or when I feel emotional, I still call him and we go over things. He still gives me advice uh, from his experience. Um, yeah, so make sure you, you you have a good support network and um, uh, you've got someone to go to to get advice. Um, to get support yeah, yeah. to get a, a strong shoulder <laughs> to lean on yes definitely important well thank you so much Oksana how can people check out your work probably uh, easier to go on to my website uh, the website address is uh, your favorite homes.com.au favorite spelled ou and homes s at the end your favorite homes.com.au um, it has got links to my um, Facebook to my linked uh, in accounts um, so that's um, that's how they can reach me um, and I would be more than happy to help wherever I can uh, because I think um, there's a lot of holes uh, in the industry and uh, we just need to educate people and to make sure that the buildings that we are um, putting in there not just serve the investment purposes but also last and they are enjoyed uh, by people when they move in there. Yeah, well said. Thank you so much for joining us today, for, for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed getting to know you a bit and hearing your wisdom and your experience. I think the audience will really find quite a lot of value in that. So thank you so much. No worries, Annalise. Thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. I uh, appreciate uh, the opportunity and would be more than happy to assist wherever I can and share my knowledge, my industry experience. You're very welcome. Thanks, Oksana. Thank you. Thanks, Annalise. Wasn't that fantastic and so inspiring? I loved hearing Oksana's story and it really reminds me that we can do anything we set our hearts and minds on. I'd love to hear your comments, so please hop on over to the blog at mama.digital forward slash blog and let us know what you thought. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business Mama podcast. I hope you got some actionable tips that you can implement in your business right away. Please, please, please rate and subscribe and then head on over to mama.digital to continue the conversation and let me know what you thought. Have a really wonderful week. And if you'd like to come and say hi, come to our Facebook group, Business Mamas. See you there.